All right. Good evening, everyone. I'm Kimberly M. Starks, accredited public relations practitioner and principal consultant of the specialist communications firm, Blue Scorpion Reputation Management. The time now is 614. Thank you so much for hanging in there with us. This evening, we have the pleasure of having David Rogley of Pantera Security talk to us this evening about cybersecurity tips for businesses. David, Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, hi, Kim. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, glad, glad to be here. Yes. And we want to dive right into the conversation. I do want to let our audience know that this evening we are having a, a few technical difficulties, uh, but hang in here with us because we've got a lot of information from David that we want to, to hear from. So let's dive right in, David. We want to know about you and your journey into the cybersecurity field. Tell us about that. Well, you know, um, uh, it's not really flashy at all, but uh, I hope, hope I don't bore you too much. But um, as I was a young boy, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh, when, I, when I was young, when I was a young kid, I, I used to like to tinker with a lot of things and uh, asked a lot of questions and always was uh, very inquisitive about things and wanted to know how things work. Uh, as I grew up to become an adult, I, I found myself in the field of, of IT, you know, doing computer repair, setting up uh, computer networks and whatnot, uh, working for places like Compact Computer, uh, working uh, DSL support for uh uh, a couple of the baby bells that broke away from Southwestern Bell. And uh, uh, I just love troubleshooting and uh, providing that technical support to where I had my first business that, uh, that, that dealt with uh, computer repair in the uh, Houston, Texas area. And for me, I, I, on a personal note, I'm kind of a semi-private guy. So, so every, every time I approach something, uh, it, had, it always had a, a component of, of privacy to it. It's like, does everybody need to know that? Or does this person I'm talking to need to know that? So I've always kind of kept my um, uh, uh, conversation short uh, if I can. And even if I am talking a lot, I'm, I'm giving very limited information. So when you get into a field like cybersecurity, you know, it's, it's all about protection, uh, data privacy. You don't, you want to, you want to make sure that only folks that, that need to know the information has access to the information. And, uh, you know, that's a little bit about my background, you know, in terms of information technology, and then also being an engineer as well, working on some pretty cool things for the federal government. Uh, tell, tell us about yourself. You have the HBCU pin. What does that mean? Yeah, you're, well, you know, this HBCU pin means a lot of things, but the biggest thing it means that I went to Prairie View A&M University uh, in Texas. It's the uh, 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 institution of first class, uh, the second oldest institution in the state of Texas, and the premier uh, school for engineering and nursing graduates. So I'm real proud to attend there and to be a graduate of Prairie View A&M University. And it, in, in many, many cases, it is the reason why I am where I am today. And uh, our mascot is a uh, Black Panther. So that's one of the many inspirations behind this logo with the cat uh, Pantera. Pantera is a uh, uh, panther in Spanish, and the logo is the Black Panther with uh, electric circuits uh, coming from its whiskers. So that's also a play to me being an electrical engineer graduate of Prairie View A&M University. That's amazing. So share with us the story behind the, the pin that you have on. Yes, um, uh, I am a, a, a distinguished life member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. And this particular pin was one that we were selling uh, as a fundraiser to donate to historically black colleges and universities across the nation. So it is a pin that I wear as a badge of honor to remind me that I'm an alpha man as well as an HBCU graduate. And I am so happy to know you, David, as an HBCU graduate. I too am an alum of an HBCU, Savannah State University. So we, we are kinfolk in that regard. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yes, and we actually <laughs> met through an HBCU networking event. Uh, if yep. you don't mind, David, sharing a little bit about that networking event. 
Yeah, sure. That that event is put on by a gentleman named Howard White. He's a, a alum of uh, uh, Southern, and uh, he has a uh, a Greek shop down there. and And he had an idea to get together business owners uh, who graduated from HBCUs. So he uh, used uh, one of the many business tools that we all have, which is LinkedIn. And he found all these uh, business owners and brought us all together at the height of the pandemic on Zoom so that we could start uh, beginning to network and know that, hey, there are HBCU grads that are out here that are business owners and they are making money. So he put us all together and every uh, second and fourth uh, Tuesday of the month, uh, we all get together and uh, 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 two or three business owners can uh, pay a small fee to have a business spotlight. But before we even get to that, we break out into four breakout rooms, uh, uh, 10 to 15 minutes each, where we all get to know each other a little intimately. And then we come back to the main session and uh, uh, then we can break out into specific topic sections for those who paid that small fee to talk more about their business to a bigger audience. So it's, it's definitely a good event, uh, made some really great connections there, uh, 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 you being one of them. And uh, we definitely uh, like to be a part of the HBCU family because we are, are definitely kinfolk. That's right. And we'll have to let Howard know that we, our partnership is a product of his brainchild. So very appreciative because of that. Absolutely. We will. We will definitely have to know. And I'm pretty sure he would be uh, very excited to know that. Yes. And maybe in one of our future conversations, we can talk about HBCUs because I love my HBCU just like (laughs) you love your HBCU. So that could be a whole topic in and of itself. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, put me down on the calendar for that. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, that's great. So, protection and data privacy is that what the definition of cybersecurity means? Well, you know, um, the uh, I, I will say the, uh, the 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 textbook definition of cybersecurity is is the practice of protecting systems, networks, and programs and software from what we call, you know, digital attacks, okay? Uh, but the, the essence of that, getting down to the nitty gritty, is definitely to protect the data and, uh, you know, to protect, and also to protect equipment and ultimately protect people, you know? Because uh, 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 if, if uh, malicious threat actors, as we call them, or cyber threat actors and whatnot, you know, if they get access to to data, so usually that data it, uh, affects people. So, for example, email addresses, uh, social security numbers, credit card information. So, it, you, it all boils down to protecting the data. But the textbook definition of cybersecurity is the protection of uh, the equipment, the network, the people, as well as the data that flows through all of those electronic devices. That makes sense. Yes, it makes it makes a lot of sense. I would imagine that you are in high demand right now because we have seen in the news lots of stories of cybersecurity breaches, attacks, even on our own gas within the past few weeks. No, absolutely, absolutely. I I will say that uh, you know cybersecurity has always been, and and depending on who you talk to, they may or may uh, 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 disagree may or may not disagree with me, but most folks in this line of work uh, will understand this comment is that cybersecurity has kind of been the stepchild, so to speak, <laughs> of, mm-hmm. of information technology. You know, the budgets are, are normally smaller than, let's say, uh, the equipment budget, buying new computers, buying new phones. But most, but the security portion of that is usually an afterthought unless you're dealing with uh, uh, controlled, unclassified information or top secret and secret information. So, so, but now, you know, fast forwarding to now, right? Uh, we're, we're starting to see an increase of data breaches almost every every week. There's something new, right? Uh, so now folks are starting to rethink that, hey, uh, maybe we should look into this more. And uh, hey, uh, what was that cybersecurity guy's name again? David. Okay, yeah, let's give him a call. So now, you know, I, I knew once I got into this into this field, 
once I left the public sector and went into the private sector, I knew that I was going to have to do a lot of educating and bringing a lot of awareness, right? Um, because it's one of those things that people don't think they need until they need it. And, and my, my goal is prevention. I want you to realize that you need this before you suffer a data breach, before you're subject to ransomware, like what happened with the colonial uh, uh, pipeline incident, you know, where, where your, your business is shut down and you're losing revenue because of you didn't prepare. You know, so 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 now, yeah, I'm I'm definitely the phone is definitely ringing, and and people are wanting people I may have talked to three, four, five, six months ago are now starting to call saying, please come and talk to us, please let's do an assessment, please let's 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 look over my options. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a good time to be in the field. And what you are saying is music to my ears because. As a reputation management firm, that's exactly what we do. And for our audience uh, here to announce that Pantera Security is a strategic partner of ours. And so if any uh, business entity or anyone that you know is experiencing a cybersecurity problem, then know that you get BSRM and you get Pantera Security to assist with that. But the reason I say that what you're saying is music to my ears is because in the same way that you protect businesses with their infrastructure and their equipment is the same way that we protect businesses with how they are presented in front of their various stakeholders. So when you talk about being uh, taking pre preventative measures, it's that contingency planning to make sure that a breach doesn't happen in your case. And in our case, making sure that we don't have to communicate to the public that, you know, there's been uh, a massive breach that you and I and for those who have communications departments and cybersecurity or, or information technology departments work in tandem to make sure that those breaches don't happen where you're having to spread that bad news in the public. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that, and, and I, I might add, you know, uh, public perception means a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, and that's another beauty of, of, of our partnership as well as what you do. Because the, the thing is, is, you know, guys like me are in the background. You know, I'm in the background, I'm in the weeds, you know, I'm not out in front of folks. But the thing is, is that uh, if the public sees that, you know, hey man, this company has my information, they can't even uh, attempt to protect my information or attempt to protect my credit card or my credit card information or my data. So you start to lose a little bit of what's called public trust. And when you start to lose public trust, people don't want to do business with you. And when people don't want to do business with you, that's a loss of revenues. Right. And no one wants to lose revenue. No one. That's, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Give us examples of what businesses could be at risk of. I, I find it very interesting that previously businesses did not invest in their cybersecurity teams, but now that attacks and malware and you know all things that threaten uh, that network infrastructure are, are at the forefront, what are businesses at risk of? Well, you know, I, I've, we, we've kind of touched on some of them already, but but I'll you know, I'll just repeat them because uh, uh, repetition in this in this particular field is definitely golden because sometimes it goes in one ear and out the other or people say, oh, yeah, I know about that. And then they don't do it. <laughs> you know? So so I mean, repetition is definitely key. So businesses are at risk. Uh, first and foremost, uh, and, and I don't care what type of business it is, okay, you have uh, something and, and there are, are malicious threat actors out there that want it for, for some cause or some reason, whether it's uh, hacktivism, you know, you know, you're selling some type of fur product and, and, they, don't, and, and they don't like you killing animals to you know, sell fur or you're some type of political organization, whatever the case may be, 
you know, uh, small, medium size or large, you're susceptible to the first point I'm making is uh, 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 cyber threats from malicious threat actors that wish to do harm to your business in some fashion. Okay, that's that's the first risk. Okay, because that risk leads to the other ones I'm going to point out here. The 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 second risk is uh, the risk of business disruption. Okay. when those malicious threat actors gain access to your system by way of a phishing attack, most of us know what phishing is, but if you don't, that's how uh, emails are sent out that look really good. They're really sophisticated. You think it's coming from Amazon. You think it's coming from your grandma. Uh, you think it's coming from the CEO or the, or, the, or the CFO within your own department at your own company. And you click on something in a hurry and, and then you invite hackers into your system. So, 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 so the, the cyber threat actors is one. The second is business disruption. And by business disruption, I mean that you suffer some data breach and you can no longer do what it is your core business is. You know, your core business is making knickknacks. Your, your business is now disrupted. You don't your the, the the computer system that ran your assembly line or your your uh, drill press or whatever on an automation system it is now disabled. So you're at risk of business disruption if you don't have proper cybersecurity measures in place or a bona fide cybersecurity program overall. The third thing, right, which which leads to if 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 the you're you're subjected to attacks you're subjected to business disruption. And once you have business disruption, you're not making money. So you're, so you're subject to, to, to uh, loss of revenues again, right? And, and you would think that's a, a, a huge motivator, but every year, the average cost of a data breach is, continues to go up exponentially. In 2020, at the height of the pandemic, you know, the, 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 the highest average cost for the, of a data breach was somewhere around 20 million. That's for a small business, small business, a small business. We're talking your mom and pop, you know, they cannot sustain that type of, of, of damage. And after a data breach of that magnitude, most small businesses within six months just simply go out of business. Number one, for the loss of revenues. And for the last point here again, what they're at risk for, loss of reputation. Your customers stop doing business with you. You're you're fighting, trying to get the data back. And then you may find yourself subject to state, federal, and local laws uh, 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 due to negligence because you didn't do anything based on the type of data that you have. So loss of revenue, loss of reputation, and service and business disruption. Yes, that's all, those are all the risks associated uh, with cybersecurity attacks. That's pretty powerful. And thank you for the emphasis there, because people do need to know what is at stake when their reputation is not protected. When it comes to Pantera security, is there a particular specialty or area of focus that you like to work on? Well, um, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I like to think uh, I have multiple, okay? But uh, that may just be my big head talking, all right? So, <laughs> but I, I, I will point out two. And, and, but before I point out those two, I, 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 I would not do this topic justice if I don't make this comment. Um, and you'll see why in a second when I go into my two favorite. Um, there is no surefire 100% uh, way to mitigate all cybersecurity attacks. Why? Because every day, every week, the cyber, the cyber threat landscape changes. Uh, hackers are getting more and more sophisticated. And now there, we have evidence that hackers and nation states, uh, foreign entities, not just people in their basement, right? They're starting to use what's called artificial intelligence. A lot of us know artificial intelligence. So uh, a lot of these hackers and uh, bigger hacking groups and foreign uh, countries and foreign entities are starting to use artificial intelligence. So there is no way to 100% mitigate, but your effort can definitely be 100%. You can always put up 100% effort. So here are my two specialties. One is uh, what's called cybersecurity assessments, okay? Uh, In my line of work, we have a saying, you can't protect 
what you can't see. Uh, we have small business owners out there, whether it's a one-man shop or a hundred-person shop. You know, they're focused on their core business. I like to use the example of knickknacks. You're out there, you're making your knickknacks. You don't, you got a computer to do your knickknacks and another computer to do your invoicing. You don't care about, you don't know that there's some attacker out there listening on port 80, you know, whatever that port 80 is, you know, uh, ready to use your system for Bitcoin mining without you knowing it. Okay. You don't know that. Well, cybersecurity assessment brings a guy in like me so that I know that. So I say, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Business person, do you know all the software that's running on your computers? Do you know all the uh, uh, hardware that you have on your shop floor? Do you know all the systems and, and, uh, uh, in, your, in your office? Did you know that your copier machine is very smart and it holds a hard drive? So when you get rid of it, you know, you want to make sure you wipe that hard drive according to DOD and NSA standards. Don't just throw it in the trash can. Don't just throw away your phone, you know. And did you know that we could, you know, so I go in and I would ask a bunch of qualifying questions, get a network diagram, uh, uh, do what's called software, hardware, inventory, because sometimes we just buy devices and we throw them on the desk or we just put them in use. You know, if, if I come to your place of business and I notice that you have access, Wi-Fi access points, I'm going to ask you, did you put all these access Wi-Fi, you know, did you put all these access points here? If your answer is no, then my next question is going to be who did? Because then you don't know who has access to your network. It could be Joe Blow outside on the street just uh, with a Wi-Fi uh, radio and an antenna, you know, long range antenna, just sniffing traffic on your network, looking for access to your, to your business infrastructure. So number one, uh, cybersecurity assessments. You need to assess what you have so that we then can pro secure what you have, okay? And then uh, the second thing is vulnerability assessments, okay? Vulnerability assessments is going in there, looking at all the vulnerabilities and 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 finding them because I tell folks all the time if I found this like this hackers are, are on their way or they've already been here so I like to look at vulnerabilities I like to look for the threats uh, uh, there's a term for it, uh, threat hunting so I like to perform threat hunting I like to do vulnerability analysis and then uh, um, cybersecurity assessments in general so I, I like to believe those are my bread and butter. I like that cybersecurity assessment and a vulnerability assessment. How often do you recommend those two to occur within 12 months? Okay, so <clears throat> the 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 assessment in, in my mind is to get you, to get you jump started and to think about a, a bona fide cybersecurity program. So, so out of a, an assessment, like if I, if I go into a business or something and I've never been there before and you told me nothing about your business except for the few questions that I asked and you give me free reign, I'm going to take a computer, I'm going to hook up some things, I'm going to look for some things, and then I'm going to create a report, okay? And from that report, it's going to have my recommendations, my findings, and hopefully the, the results of that report, if you've never done a, a, a if you've never done a, uh, uh, an assessment before, hopefully the findings of that report will, will be the, the foundation of your cybersecurity program, right? And, and if we proceed, then for, for me, um, uh, depending on the type of, depending on the industry you're in and uh, the type of data that you're storing or dealing with or transfer, because that means a lot. We call it data in transit and data at rest, depending on what you're dealing with and your industry, then I'm going to say we need to review this cybersecurity policy once a month. Or I'm going to say we need to review this policy every three months just so that we know that, hey, did you get any new devices? Hey, did you install any new software? Hey, did you do this? Hey, uh, you got new workers? Okay. How many users do we have to deal with now? Okay, let's upgrade and update the cybersecurity program because that cybersecurity that cybersecurity program encompasses many other smaller programs like incident response program, uh, backup and recovery program. You know, it encompasses many other smaller programs, and we need to be reviewing that stuff on a, 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 a frequent basis. 
you know, depending on the type of industry that you're in and the cybersecurity framework, as well as the industry best practices for your industry. Okay, thank you for that explanation. Now I have to go back to something that you said earlier when you mentioned, you know, the shady guy with the long extension cord that's, you know, checking to see open networks. Is that, does that actually happen? I always just thought, you know, when people would give that type of description that nobody's out there really taking the time to scan to see what networks are open that they can infiltrate. Is it? Is that really what happens? Uh, yes, that does happen. Um, and I won't go into the weeds with that here, but I'll give you two examples. Um, I, have a, I have a laptop that I use for, um, you know, field work. Okay. We'll just call it field work. I could, I could take that laptop. Uh, I have a, a long range antenna. I can plug it into my USB port and I could be a pretty good distance uh, depending on what type of signals that I can pick up. And I also have software that picks up what's called data packets. And those data packets, depending on whether that's, th that's the data in transit piece, okay? So if their data in transit is not encrypted, you know, I'm looking at folks' conversations, you know, if I chose to do that, okay? Uh, or if a company uh, uh, wanted me to do that on their premise and whatnot. The, the second thing is, uh, uh, and another reason why, uh, you know, I mentioned about uh, doing your hardware inventories uh, frequently. Let's, you know, when I talked about access, uh, Wi-Fi access points, we see them all, the all over the place. You go to somewhere like Starbucks or some public place. And like for me, I never jump on public Wi-Fi, never, okay? That's just, that's just me. I, I, I never jump on anybody, airport, whatever, I don't jump on it. But you never know who stuck what's called a rogue AP device, you know, access point device. I have several here in my possession. And if I wanted to, I could drop that somewhere. It looks like it belongs to Starbucks or, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm using Starbucks as an example here, not saying that I would, but, but some public facility, it looks like a, a, an access point or a router that anybody um, would typically connect to. And I, I could drop that thing somewhere. Nobody know I, would know I put it there make it look like a legitimate Wi-Fi access point. And then Susie, John, and Daryl comes along and say, ooh, free Wi-Fi, they connect to it, but really not knowing that they're connected to my private little network and I have, and I can gain access to their devices that way. Whoa. So with that being said, because that's, that is an eye opener, with that being said, what, do people and businesses need to do to boost their defenses? You know, um, <laughs> you know, the thing about that is, um, you know, I, I, I'm trying not to, you know, like be sound repetitive, but I'll, I will start with an assessment, all right? And if, if you've never had one, you should get a cybersecurity assessment done, all right? If you have had one, you need to ask yourself, when was the last time you had one? You know, and it may be time to revisit and do it again. And, you know, that, and that's just one thing. But at the very least, you know, um, you need to do that hardware inventory, software inventory to, to boost your defenses. You need to know what's there. You know, I, it might be five devices, fine. At least you know what those five devices are. And then you need to know what software is on those devices. And are, are and that particular software, is it up to date with the latest version of, of software patches? So everybody's familiar with like Windows updates, right? Um, you know, every second Tuesday of the month, Windows puts out um, those updates, like clockwork. Every second, they, they call, it's called Patch Tuesday. Well, every other software that you have, like Google Chrome, they just did an update today. You know, are, you, are your systems up to date? Adobe, are you using Adobe Reader, uh, the Adobe software on your system? Is that stuff up to date? So definitely know that your things, that your software, your hardware is up to date because it's a reason why those updates go out. They typically have found 
yes, they sure they make enhancements, okay, but they typically found some bug that could be exploited by some hackers, okay, and and usually it was brought to their attention by what they call uh, bug bounty hunters, which I've done that before too, or what they call and that's people that go through software that are good guys and they and they say, hey, Microsoft, we found this in your code, fix it. You know, or, you know, hey, company so-and-so, we found this in your code, fix it. So uh, to shore up and boost up your defenses, make sure all your stuff is up to date and it's not uh, causing business disruption. Some people are in some industries where if they update the software too soon, it will mess up something and something will break, you know, so because they have other software that it needs to play with. So that is definitely something that you have to consider in environments like that. You would have uh, dual machines or dual equipment. You'd have your production equipment and then you would have your development equipment where you're testing out things in development first before you roll it over to your production side. So, so, so definitely make sure your, your software and hardware is up to date. And here's another one that I can't stress enough that, People know about, but they don't always use it. And that's called multi-factor authentication for your users or for yourself. You know, uh, uh, most folks say two-factor and two-factor is fine, but we're definitely moving away from two-factor and starting to go towards multi-factor. So multi-factor authentication, uh, it, it gives you an enhanced access and identity protection to access devices and data, whether it's in the cloud and whatnot. So it's usually a combination of three things, something you are, something you have, and someplace you're at. So, so, so if you're at the office, um, you have your thumbprint and you use it through your phone. So you have to have all three things in order to gain access to some system or some software. So you, you can configure it how you like based on your business model, but some places don't have any of that. And then a lot of the things that we use today, like Google, just regular Google Gmail has multi-factor authentication. You just need to turn it on, you know? <laughs> you know? And, and I know you mentioned something uh, before in some of our past conversations about some of the gamers, you know, even on the gaming consoles, you know, PlayStation, Xboxes, whatever, just always associated with some type of user account, okay? And with that user account, turn on the multi-factor authentication. Simple as that. And then the last thing, you know, so assessment, do that, software, hardware, inventory, multi-factor authentication. And then uh, if you're right now, we're all remote because of the pandemic, but multi-factor is definitely uh, 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 important, but also something called endpoint protection. You know, it's enhanced more than anti traditional antivirus, but it's, it's software that performs the actions of traditional antivirus, but it's a little more enhanced and more proactive. It's doing active threat hunting on your system. I've been selling quite a bit of those, that software, and uh, it's, it's tied to uh, some type of cybersecurity threat lab that's assisted through AI. Because remember, I said hackers are using AI, so why can't the good guys use AI? So, so, uh, so, so endpoint protection, multi-factor authentication, um, do a cybersecurity assessment if you haven't done one in a while or haven't done one at all, you know, and then definitely hardware, software, inventory. So sorry to be long winded there, but uh, I just want to make sure your listeners get it. Yeah, no, uh, that wasn't long winded at all. If, if anything, that was placing emphasis on what it is that we all need to do in order to make sure that we are protected. So share with me, if there is someone who believes that their system is compromised, what do they need to look out for? Would that be a glitch in your computer or on your smartphone? How would you know that someone has compromised your system? Yeah, yeah. Um, so so we, it, it, there's a term for what you described, <clears throat> excuse me, for what folks should look for, and it's called Indicators of compromise, IOCs. Uh, indicators of compromise could be uh, several things from your mouse moving by itself and you're not even touching your mouse, you know, uh, configuration changes to systems that you did not make, like, uh, or, or missing data. You know, you, you know there's a document that you've been working on, Excel spreadsheet, 
Uh, you've been working on it for the past week, getting some report together. You know you saved it in my documents backslash uh, important Excel spreadsheet, and you go in there one day and it's not there. Well, where is it? Did you accidentally delete it? Well, look in the recycling bin. If it's not in there, I mean, what what is going on? Um, you notice that um, uh, uh, things are just not quite right. You know, files are missing, and and one of the biggest uh, uh, indicators, and on which what we've seen a lot lately is ransomware. And uh, ransomware is uh, um, basically encrypts your whole system or half of your system, and you can't do anything. So those those are some uh, indicators of compromise there. Okay, share with us what what is the difference between ransomware and malware? Okay, so so malware, right? It's just it's two words combined. It's called it, malware is two words combined, and that's malicious software. So malicious software combined. Ransomware is a a type of malicious software. So so ransom. And, and again, ransomware is, is two words combined, ransom software. So, but it's just a, a, a type of malicious software so that if deployed onto a system and once it's activated, it typically goes in and encrypt. And what encryption does, just to be clear and make sure we understand what encryption is, encryption is good for you if you don't want anybody to see your stuff. It's bad if somebody else does it for you and you need them to decrypt it, okay? So if I have, like a lot of us have hard drives, uh, uh, USB keys, and we encrypt the data because if we ever lose it, it's no good to anybody else. And that encryption is usually associated, usually has a key, an encryption key associated with it so that you can decrypt it when you want to read or access that data. So it's good if you're doing it. But if somebody accesses your system and does it without your knowledge, then you need the decryption. You need the decryption key from them so that you can get back to your data. And that's what ransomware does. So I hack into, um, you know, Kim's computer and I make it to where I encrypt all of her data, her important contact list. You know, I copy I copy her contact list. I copy all her pictures. I copy everything that's important to her. And then I encrypt everything. I have the key to decrypt it. And then I send her or I leave her a message and says, hey, Kim, I got all your stuff over here with me. And I, I, I lock down your system. If you want this stuff back, send me one Bitcoin. Now, most folks don't even know where to get a bit. And, and as much as everybody on social media talk about it or whatnot, but in the real world, these mom and pops don't know where to get a Bitcoin from. They don't have a digital wallet set up. They don't know where to get Ether. You know, they don't know where to get a Doji coin. You know, so if you walk into work one day and your screen's red and you can't do anything and it says send one Bitcoin if you want all your data back or simply, hey, send uh, $50,000 to XYZ to get your information back. And that's what makes ransomware so dangerous. And if you pay that ransom, you may or may not get your data back, you know? And that's why, you know, the, 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 the United States government advises against paying that ransom. But guess what? Private sector businesses pay it and they don't say anything to anybody because they want to keep going because they don't want to suffer from that business disruption. So if Facebook goes down for a day or an hour or whatever your favorite website to go through goes down for half a day, they may tell you and they may not tell you, depending on if it impacts you as a user or not. Does that does that happen often? Have you seen an uptick in ransomware happening to small business owners? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, I've I found myself just in the past week uh, alone in probably more than 15 conversations about ransomware. And then probably about, I would say about 85% of those folks have been hit by ransomware. And they luckily have been in a position to where it didn't affect them to where they couldn't just, they just, they just threw away the computer or they, or they, they re repartitioned it, re-imaged and re-put 
whatever software on it they had, they didn't uh, care about getting the data back. You know, uh, most of them were like PO point of sale systems uh, that did or email systems that didn't have a lot of uh, 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 important information on it. So they they weren't required to report uh, certain things. So like some certain states require you to report uh, to the public based on the number of people impacted. So, you know, uh, like uh, here where I am, uh, I believe I have to double check again, but I believe like if it impacts 500 people or less, you know, they could just contact those folks directly or something. But if it gets higher in number, like the Equifax breach, that affected a lot of people. So they had to, <coughs> excuse me, make a whole website and have a whole email campaign, you know, going around that. But the, the uptick is definitely there because malicious threat actors are using these systems for other things, whether, whether uh, small business owners believe they are a target or not. So let's talk about the gaming community, <clears throat> video gaming. What other type of breaches when it comes to playing video games should we be aware of? As individuals, how do we protect ourselves as gamers who are using the computer to play games or using consoles to play games? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, it, it's three things come to mind with that question to me. One is, is again, uh, uh, that if, if the option to use uh, multi-factor authentication associated with some type of user account, use it, okay? Um, um, that's, that's one step. Uh, the, the second step is, a lot of the online gaming stuff is so that you can participate with your friends. You could play against somebody halfway across the world and things like that. And that requires uh, certain what's called uh, TCP IP ports to be open. You know, TCP IP, you know, your, your, uh, your gaming device, whether it's a computer or Xbox or whatever, or PlayStation, it has an IP address associated with it, with it. And that IP address is communicating on out to the internet and it's interacting with these gaming interfaces, um, these gaming sites uh, through the cloud or something, and they're using some type of port. And then some, the, the idea is, you know, some of these places offer multiple ports. Um, I would try to limit my port exposure as much as possible. You know, if I, you know, cause some guys and, and, and some, some, some guys and gals, they get on, well, my, it's all about lag time. You know, you're playing a game, you're playing against a bunch of people and, and it's like, man, I'm moving slow. I keep getting killed against this other person or, or I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but things are happening faster on the game. So everybody wants to increase lag time. You want all the, the, you, but you, you want all the visibility that you can get, but sometimes you expose yourself to more. So in my opinion, you know, um, I, and I'm, I'm pretty sure some gamers are probably uh, turning their nose up at me, but, you know, I think that uh, you would limit your uh, exposure there on some of the ports. But uh, yeah, so multi-factor authentication, just, to, you know, just be careful, you know, because a lot of, uh, a part, part of cybersecurity is just awareness and your interaction, based on your interaction, you know, don't get too, if you don't know somebody, you know, cause we, we all have friends list, you know, I play, uh, I play call of duty, like, like, like a lot of people, you know, and a lot of times I get uh, invited to squads by people I don't know. And you can talk to people and stuff like that. Well, you have to be, you have to be careful about what's called social engineering. You know, uh, cause there, there are attacks called social engineering. You get comfortable talking to people, you have like-minded things to talk about, and you forget that this person may be halfway across the country, right down the street, across the world, who knows, and you could be divulging personal identifiable information, what we call PII, that can then be used against you later. So uh, it's just an awareness thing to be, to be careful. And it kind of goes back to what I was telling you about me. I, I try to limit about how much personal things that I reveal to people. You know, I talk a lot when you get me talking about stuff like this, but when I start tiptoeing when it starts getting on the private level, because uh, I'm a semi-private guy. So, so you're not gonna have me on a gaming system talking about my family or talking about my backyard. Guys are, you know, people on there talking about everything. Yeah, my kids in the background just had a two-year-old. His birthday was yesterday. So now I got a birthday. You just told me he was two years old. So now I got a year. 
You know what I'm saying? So, so now I, I can, as a hacker, I can start creating a profile on you. Okay. I, and I may not even know your name. I just know your profile name. You have a baby that's this and this, and you live in um, um, Atlanta, Georgia. Then I can take the Facebook. Facebook, as we know, has had multiple breaches. And I can take the Facebook and whether you have your privacy settings on or not, you might have asked people one day, hey, I need people to help me play Call of Duty. Look for me under this name. Now I got your real name, your real name, the date of birth of your child. And maybe I go to some website that I think you use and I put that your child's birthday in as uh, the password, certain variations of that. And I got all that just from listening to you talking on a gaming console. You see what you see my train of thought there. So 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 that third tip is just managing your conversations and being careful and maintaining that awareness while you're on these gaming platforms and even typing it. People type that stuff, too. So, yeah, that that's very valuable information. So I I appreciate the in-depth explanation there. And as we get ready to wrap I'm going to check Facebook because this is a Q&A live. So I want to see if there are any questions that anyone has. Uh, and while I'm doing that, share with us if there are any other business tips that you would recommend for businesses either starting out in business, those who are in growth mode, or just in general, what are other tips that you recommend that we that you've prescribed that we do? Okay, yeah, sure. Um, first, first of all, you know, I'm gonna say whether your company is in growth mode, whether you're, you think you're established or you are established, whether you're an early stage startup, um, hackers don't care. <laughs> hackers don't care. If you have something that's valuable or that is perceived as being valuable, and they want to get at it, it's considered a digital asset, they're gonna come after it, okay? I just wanna make sure that that's clear right now. And then uh, uh, to, 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 answer, um, to answer your, 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 um, your question about, I, I'll leave that with five things that I'm, and three of them is me harping on this stuff all over again, because cybersecurity is everybody's responsibility. So I think that the, these things, the more we know them, the more we hear them, we can stop and think about them before we do something that, that brings down a whole pipeline. Okay. Um, uh, so the first one is get that endpoint protection that I was talking about. Um, get it on your phone, get it on your tablet, get it on your, on your laptop. You know, um, those are the three most uh, main devices that folks are using uh, uh, for business. Get it on your POS, your point of sale system. Okay. That endpoint protection, you must have it. It's an enhanced AI-backed, cyber threat lab-backed uh, 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 antivirus, but also uh, endpoint detection and threat response uh, software. Uh, the second is use MFA, multi-factor authentication. I can't stress that enough. That's, I, that is tied to who you are, what you're using on what system. Get, get and if you already have it, use it. You know, turn it on. It only creates one extra step for you to, to log into a system. Okay. And then um, 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 as, as do the, you know, I said this one before too, do, um, you know, regularly perform a, a, a hardware and software inventory. Know what's on your system. I'll give a quick story. In Florida, outside of Miami, water treatment facility, totally harmless uh, chemical that they insert into the water. Uh, um, to, um, to, to treat it, right? Totally harmless at, the, at a low setting. Hackers accessed this system, turned up that setting to where it would have been deadly if it got into the water supply. This was just earlier this year, okay? And once they made that setting, the only thing that saved them is that an operator was sitting right there and that any changes made to this system uh, is delayed by 24 hours, okay? And here's how they got in. They got in on some software that was installed that should have been removed six months prior because they stopped using it. Now, if they would have had a check 
periodically under a cybersecurity program, like I'm telling you about, somebody would have said, hey, we're not using this anymore. Remove it from the system. But it was still there. They forgot about it. Hackers accessed it. And if it wasn't for that 24-hour delay in schedule change to adding that chemical to the water and um, dealing with um, uh, the operator sitting there, it could have been catastrophic for that town. Okay, so uh, the hardware, software, inventory. And then last but not least, please make regular data backups and keep that data backed up off your regularly used systems. Okay, take that, you know, back up whatever important data you have, keep it offline somewhere and keep it separate from systems that are on a network or that gets used regularly. Okay. Because if, if, if you do find yourself in a situation where your systems are not usable and you have to start over, you don't want to start over from scratch. And that's all I have. Those are very valuable tips. And I certainly appreciate what you've shared with, with us and our audience. I just looked at the chat. We don't have any questions or comments at this time. But for those who want your services, the assessments, let us know how can we reach you. Yeah, sure. You could um, you could definitely um, reach out to my phone number, which is three zero three two one eight three nine eight one, and you could uh, send an email at info i n f o at pantera p a n t e r a security dot com. And, you know, if, if, uh, if that's a lot to remember, you can just go to my website, uh, www.pantarasecurity.com. All that information is there in the About section. Wonderful. Well, David, I want to thank you for coming on this evening to talk about cybersecurity tips for businesses. The information that you've provided is so helpful and could possibly save someone's business and or personal content in the future because of the tips that you've provided this evening. So thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And uh, I wish everyone uh, safe and wellness out there in Cyberland. <laughs> yes. And for those who are interested in Blue Scorpion reputation management, please visit us online at bluescorpionrm.com. Again, Pantera Security and BSRM work in tandem when it comes to your reputation management and your cyber security needs. So if you find yourself with a data breach that you also need to communicate to the public, then you know that you can entrust BSRM and Pantera Security uh, to help mitigate uh, those issues. So for those who are interested in receiving weekly business tips from Blue Scorpion Reputation Management, please text Blue Tips to 63975 and you'll receive weekly business tips from us. That does it for us this evening. Thank you again, David, for coming out. And for everyone who has tuned in this evening, thank you and you all have a great night. <laughs>